My name is Nate Mickle. You're listening to Mickles and Dimes Layer 2, where every interview is dedicated to the simple, the practical, and the underappreciated. Greg McEwen is the author of two New York Times bestsellers, Essentialism, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less, and Effortless, Make It Easier to Do What Matters Most. Together, they have been published in 37 languages. Greg is one of the most sought-after public speakers in the world and has spoken to more than 500 companies and traveled to more than 40 countries. His clients include Apple, Google, Microsoft, and Nike, among others. Greg is also the host of the Greg McEwen Podcast, which has been ranked in the top five of all self-improvement podcasts and the top 10 in all educational podcasts on Apple Podcasts. His work has been covered in The New Yorker, The New York Times, Time, Fast Company, Fortune, Politico, Inc., and the Harvard Business Review. It's also been covered on NPR, NBC, Fox, and many times on The Steve Harvey Show. Greg serves as a young global leader for the World Economic Forum, and at Stanford, he co-created the popular class, Designing Life Essentially. Greg earned an MBA from Stanford, a Global Leadership and Public Policy Certificate from Harvard, and he is currently doing doctoral research at the University of Cambridge. I hope you enjoy learning from Greg McEwen today, because I always do. Greg, it's so great to chat with you today. We have a mutual friend in Liz Wiseman, who you co-authored the book Multipliers with, and I'm just so grateful that we could connect today. Nate, it's great to be with you. Thank you. Greg, as you think back on the research you've conducted, the books you've written, the consulting you've done, the speeches you've given, are there two to three simple, practical, underappreciated lessons you've learned that you'd most like to pass along to others? Well, when I think about that, I think about how often in life we need to ask the right questions. Uh, There's lots of people willing to give us advice and so on, but If we ask the right questions, then, of course, we're going to unlock answers within ourselves. So, for example, a question from essentialism uh, is the simplest of all questions. What is essential? And that really came into focus for me when I was working with Silicon Valley companies uh, and noticed a predictable pattern uh, that as they became more successful, they gained Uh, you know, more opportunities, but these would often act as distractions and they would fall into the undisciplined pursuit of more. And so the very things that led to success also then led them to plateau in their progress or start to fail altogether. Uh, But then I had a personal experience that showed me that this isn't a business phenomenon. It's a personal phenomenon. Uh, I received an email uh, to invite me Well, the email said, look, if your Friday would be a very bad time for your wife to have a baby because (laughs) you're needed at this client meeting. And uh, Friday, our daughter's born and I feel torn. Uh, I've got too many options. I've got my laptop open, my phone on. And to my shame, I went to the meeting, left my uh, hours old daughter with my wife and go to this meeting and Um, I mean, really what I learned from making that fool's bargain was that if you don't prioritize your life, someone else will. Mm -hmm. And so, again, this core question, well, I can split up the core question of what's essential by asking a few other simple questions. Uh, Does anyone else feel like I was stretched too thin at work or at home? You know, do, 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 do you or does anyone listening or watching this feel that their 
ever busy, but not necessarily productive? Do they ever feel like their day is being hijacked by other people's agenda for them? And if they answered yes to any of those, uh, that perhaps they, like I, was feeling um, pulled into the undisciplined pursuit of more. The antidote to that is the disciplined pursuit of less, particularly less but better. All of that, to me, is captured in this single question that we can ask ongoing, and I've already mentioned it, is what's essential? To be able to discern between the vital few and the trivial many, to be able to get not just from the nonsense to the important, but to the very important, those few things that matter so much, uh, so disproportionately important. And that's true in the life of business and also the business of life. You know, I think this is such a great point. And one of my uh, mentors and colleagues, he shared something with me about 10 years ago that always resonated with me. He said, there are more opportunities than resources. And it's like, oh, yeah, there are so many opportunities, especially as you continue to progress in your career. And we can't chase them all just because something is good doesn't mean we should do it. One of the things that I've heard you say uh, is the difference between priorities and priority. And could you share just a little bit about uh, what you learned about that difference? Well, the word priority came into the English language in the 1400s, and it was singular. Uh, and it stayed singular, according to Peter Drucker, uh, for the next 500 years. So for half a millennium, no one was using the term priorities at all. And so it was part of the Industrial Revolution and its thinking that people said, well, we've discovered this new factory-based system uh, for execution. We've increased productivity massively through this system. So they sort of threw the baby out with the bathwater as far as prioritization is concerned for a while. Uh, and so everyone's speaking of priorities, but it's hard to know what that term even means. Can you have very many, very first before all other things, things? Yeah, uh, It's a nonsense. And this is really part of the nonsense of non-essentialism. And yet, you know, haven't you, Nate, uh, yeah, been to a meeting where somebody says with no sense of irony at all, you know, here are my 34 priorities. Right. <laughs> and so what an essentialist does is goes back to that original definition is looking for well, what's the priority now? What's the priority this week? What's the priority this quarter? It doesn't mean you can only do one thing, but it does mean you know what the first thing is you need to do so that you can put energy and resources behind that before being pulled into all the other activities. Yeah, I just think that is such a valuable framework. And, and then uh, another way to think about this is when you're asked to do something or you have an opportunity, maybe the mindset is either it's 100% absolute yes, or if it's not, you know, if you don't want it that bad, then it probably needs to be a no. Yes, it's either a clear yes, or it becomes a clear no. And so there's a, a lot of muddle in the middle. So if you imagine prioritization on a continuum, you know, something that's completely non-essential at one end of the continuum and, and, and highly essential at the other, well, sometimes we don't have a problem discerning between those two, although sometimes even there it's not mm -hmm. so obvious when people are so addicted to their email, for example. But, but still, typically people can, but in the middle, this is the real test. When something is 50, 60, 70%, even a, an 80% yes, 
that that takes a different kind of mindset and skill set to still weigh it up and say, well, maybe not, or even clearly not. Uh, I think about this as a 90% rule. If it isn't 90% or above clear yes, you automatically default it to no. And something has to then justify itself. Somebody, someone or something has to push back uh, to becoming a yes uh, if it didn't get through that original criteria. I just think there's so much wisdom in this approach and, and in your book, Essentialism. And I just think of, you know, LeBron James, he's coming up singular focus on winning the championship. I got to get a championship. I got to get a championship. You get the championship. Now you got the movie deal. You've got the book deal. You've got the artist deal, the recording label deal. And now you have all of these opportunities, which are great. And that success can therefore lead to poor performance because now you're getting pulled in all of these different directions. And so I just, I love your framework, Greg, of what is essential. Well, and you just used uh, an example of someone who at least has had to keep grappling back to what their focus is and so on. There's so many examples uh, that we don't know the name of that maybe they made it into the NBA and the same kind of thing happened. Suddenly they had more money, more opportunity than they'd ever dreamt of having. And their their criteria for selection did not meet the opportunity that they had. And so, you know, when they only had a few opportunities, okay, that they don't have to be so selective, but suddenly you've got 10 times, 100 times the opportunities. You're going to be completely overwhelmed. That difference uh, is a discombobulating difference. And you see it. I mean, you see it in business. You see it, of course, in professional sports all the time. I won't say the name of the athlete right now. It doesn't seem fair to pile on, but just... Uh, an absolute star in the NBA who just seems like he's going to be uh, around for 10, 15 years at the very top. And and right now he's just lost his contract. Uh, It looks like he might not even survive in the NBA because at least at some level, uh, he he hasn't learned how to be successful at success. And I say that without judgment because at each level of success, you you know, it's so much tougher than the level before. Uh, that, that, you know, it's, it's, it's not surprising to me to see people on their way up, uh, finding it really, really tough to be able to figure out and orient themselves in a way that, that, that reveals what's essential. Okay. So now we're at a difficult point because you've just shared such an essential idea. Do you want to share any more ideas? Do you have one more idea you'd like to share or should we wrap it up right there? <laughs> well, I, I had had it in my mind one idea to share from Effortless that I think is complementary to this. Right. Uh, and and the idea, I mean, coming back to the original point I made is what questions are you asking? And, and an additional question is how can we make this effortless? Once you've identified what's essential, uh, there's a, a tendency to think of that thing as being incredibly hard. And, and of course, sometimes it is. But if you ask the question, how can this be effortless, it holds an assumption that can unlock this presumption that that the the more important something is, the harder it has to be. And so I'm thinking here of the tendency uh, of of almost everything in life, at least now in this era, to tilt towards distraction and complexity. And that's sort of how I see these as separate. Essentialism is about focus. Uh, It's about dealing with all that distraction. 
but effortless is about how you deal with all that complexity. So in a single word, it's about simplifying. I'm thinking here of my work with Apple and when Steve Jobs uh, comes along prior to my working with them, uh, he's working with a company uh, when they were putting together the first what became IDVD uh, software. Uh, they purchased this company for uh, the, the software they were selling at the time, I think was 35,000, between 35 dollars and $65,000 for a single uh, you know, piece of that software uh, because DVD was such a specialist area. They had a, a manual, if you can imagine it, that was 5,000 pages long. Wow. So Apple buys them and gives them uh, a few weeks to prepare for a meeting with Steve Jobs. So they already know his reputation. They already know he wants it simplified. And so they tried to take all that complexity and remove and remove and remove all those added features. When Steve enters the room for that meeting, they are proud of their slides. But after a few seconds of him speaking, they suddenly never want to show the slides. They put it all away, a little embarrassed because he has come at it from a completely different angle. He hasn't said, let's look at all your complexity and reduce it bit by bit. He said, this is the app we need to build. He drew a rectangle. He put one button on it, burn. He said, all it is, I want people to be able to drag their file into the rectangle and press burn. That's the app we're going to build. And in that moment, all of their, what they thought was simplification was really reduction in complexity. And they learned that that isn't what the masters of simplification do. That what a master like Steve Jobs did, and this is sort of the, the, the point, is he would start with zero. He wouldn't take all the complexity and try to remove a bit here and a bit there. He said, we'll start from zero and see, can we achieve what's essential to us in a single step? And, and that, is, that is a non-trivial problem in a world that is growing constantly um, ep epidemically in complexity and often unhelpful complexity so that we can cut right through all of that, start from zero. Can we achieve this in one step? To me, that's a uh, concept that marries with essentialism. You know, what's essential? The first question. Can we make it effortless? The second question. A few months ago, I interviewed Ron Johnson, who was VP at Apple and helped develop the Apple stores. And he said, with any time working with Steve, you had to convey your ideas in four words or less. Mm. That, you know, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. And at Apple for a time, they had basically four products. And so he was the master at simplicity that in turn, you know, you talked about how to make things effortless just because we want to accomplish something doesn't mean it's going to take this tremendous effort. Sometimes we, you know, you say we have this false assumption that will take tremendous effort. But through the simplification and through the essentialism uh, approach, we can make huge strides and great progress on things that maybe other, otherwise we would have felt we wouldn't have been able to. Yes, if you, put it, if you put it all together, what it unlocks is the opportunity to make something like a 10x contribution, but without burning out. So it isn't that you simply try to achieve more by doing more you accomplish a great deal more but by being more selective and removing all of the assumptions, the noise, the clutter that complexifies our lives and gets in the way of achieving what we need to achieve uh, in this way. And, and what an opportunity that is uh, if we can do that, not just by more pressure, more work, more activity, more email, uh, but by doing less 
but better. Well, Greg, I've been wanting to talk to you for so long. Uh, I've been aware of your work for at least a decade now, and I'm just grateful that I could hear your lessons from your mouth and we could share this time together. I look forward to sharing this with my students and my children. And I just, again, appreciate you sharing a few minutes with me today. That's kind of you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Mickles and Dimes. Greg McEwen just demonstrated why he is one of the most sought-after speakers in the world, and I love the lessons he shared. First, one of the simplest questions we can ask ourselves is, what is essential? As we succeed in our lives, we have more opportunities, which can distract us from what is essential. For example, hours after Greg's daughter was born, he left his wife and newborn in the hospital to attend a meeting with a client, making what he called a fool's bargain. But Greg learned from that experience that if you don't prioritize your own life, someone else will. When we get pulled into the undisciplined pursuit of more, the antidote is the disciplined pursuit of less, the pursuit of the essential. Second, the word priority came into the English language in the 1400s, and it was singular and stayed singular for the next 500 years. But now it's plural and nonsensical. How can you have very many, very first, before all other things, things? An essentialist goes back to the first definition and understands what matters most and categorizes opportunities as either a clear yes or no. Third, another question we can ask ourselves once we've identified what is essential is how can we make this effortless? In other words, how can we simplify? Rather than start with complexity and try to reduce it, Steve Jobs started from zero and tried to achieve what was essential in a single step. Life isn't always about trying to achieve more by doing more, but by doing less but better. It's a simple idea. Please take it seriously. Nate Mickle here with three quick requests. First, if you would like a quick summary of these lessons delivered to your inbox, sign up for Nate's notes at natemickle.com. Second, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others. And finally, if you'd give this podcast a five-star review on Apple iTunes, I would really appreciate it. Thanks for your support.